And what we've been doing is we've been using the book of Luke in the Bible. If you're not familiar, you know, with, if you haven't been here, it may like today's your first day. That's what we've been doing. And so we're in the middle of this series that's called Jesus by Luke, MD. And this guy, Luke, he, uh, he was a doctor. And he wrote uh, what, what's in our Bible today, the, the book of Luke. And he, that there's a few interesting things or a couple really big ones. Number one, Luke was writing a report about Jesus. He was doing research, and he was checking out what was happening with Jesus and who this guy was, and so he was writing a report for a government official. You can see that at the very beginning of Luke, at the book, if you read it. And the second interesting thing to me is that this guy wasn't one of the 12 disciples. This guy, Luke, like didn't, if it was today, you would say he didn't grow up in church. He was an outsider, and he was kind of looking in at Jesus and who he was. And so his, and he started writing a report about it. And his, what he wrote, matches what uh, a lot of the other writers in the Bible said about Jesus. That's really interesting. I love it that we're using this, this time we're using Luke because he was from the outside looking in. So he, he just said, hey, let's figure this out. And because he was a doctor, uh, he did great research. I mean, doctors have to know how to research. That's a big deal as part of their profession. And so I'm, I'm just excited about that. And what we've been doing is we've been letting you know each week what, where you could be reading in the Bible so that you're ready for the following week. Now, I think that last week I might have messed up, uh, like both services. So I don't remember what I told you to read last week, but it was probably wrong. Uh, but it was okay because I know everybody in here read what I said, and so you're a better people for it. <laughs> Um, but so I, I got it down right this time, though. So if you want to be just kind of a little bit ahead of the game, then this coming Sunday, where Ed will be doing his first message that I wrote for him all by himself, <laughs> you're going to be looking at chapter 15 of Luke. So if you guys read that, you'll have already read what he's going to be talking about. It just kind of makes things even that much better. So uh, today, though, we're going to look in chapter 12 of Luke, and the whole subject of it is worry. And I already told you the title of the message is No Worries, and we want to start off here with an illustration of how worry can make your mind go crazy. And I bet you a lot of us in here have experienced what we're about to watch, so y'all take a look. How was work? Nothing unusual. Email was down again, and uh, Bill called me into his office again. What's wrong? Nothing really. He just thinks he can come down and fit in with these blue-collar guys. You know, he's white collar. Or you've done something wrong again, and you're getting in trouble. And you'll get demoted, then you'll stop shaving. There goes my vacation. Maybe you'll even get fired. And then you'll do that lazy thing, and I'll have to go back to work. And there goes the house. We had plans for this house. We'll be living out of our car or out of the street, and eventually we'll be forced to move in with your mother. How was your day, Kim? Well, Dana's having a party Friday night and I thought I could go. But before you freak out, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. I mean, y'all guys know this. You're a great kid, but there's no stopping the peer pressure. It just takes one sip and you're hooked. And then there's the smoking and the piercings and the tattoos and the boys. Even good boys don't have good intentions, never mind the bad boys. Oh, and you'll go straight for one of the bad boys and they'll introduce you to all the bad things and. You'll get pregnant and drop out of school and we'll never see you again. And we'll be stuck with your kid. What about you, Mom? I've been considering taking up string art. 
No. Desi's been doing some really wonderful things with it. You can do anything with string. Did you know you can make refrigerator magnets? Everyone knows string art is a gateway craft. You'll start knitting and making me hats and scarves and sweaters and making me wear those sweaters. And you'll stop dyeing your hair and get those grandma glasses and you'll want a cat, which will kill my allergies and probably lead to more cats. And you'll want to make things and bring it to my class and embarrass me in front of all of my friends. Is this a cat hair? All right, so has anybody in here ever let your mind spiral downward? You know, you start thinking about something, and before you know it, you're all worried about all kinds of stuff that, number one, may not even be all that bad. Not everything they said was awful. And number two, it's not happening. It's just your mind took you there. I know that I have. I know that I have a, um, if, if daydreaming was an Olympic sport, <laughs> gold medal winner right here, uh, you could not beat me. I mean, I would take it every single time. I can daydream. Now, if I, that's not, daydreaming is not bad, but I can let it spiral into day worrying, whatever you want to call it, worry, and, and begin to focus on things that aren't even happening. That it's not, you know, it's just where my mind went. And uh, maybe there's some people in here that have done that too. You know, if I do that, um, I can frustrate my wife sometimes. I know I've frustrated my children. Uh, you know, they're like, you know, come on, Dad, I wouldn't, that wasn't even happening. You just thought, and that, that's not a really healthy way to live. Worrying about things you know, and, and spiraling that direction, it's not good. It's not helpful, and it's certainly not very peaceful. Well, luckily for me, and maybe some of you, Jesus actually, actually, well, let me back that up. Luke actually recorded what Jesus said. He recorded Jesus talking about this very subject. Let's look at what he said in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to his father, so I tell you, don't worry about the things you need to live, what you will eat or what you will wear. So he's introducing his subject, okay? It's worry. We want to define worry. When you allow your mind to focus on things that may or may not happen to you, that's worry. The, the key word here is focus. Obviously, we have to think about stuff, and it's legitimate to have concerns and stuff, but it, when it becomes your sole focus, you're obsessed with things that could happen, and you're just worrying. You're kind of like these you know, crazy people we saw in the video today. Well, that's when you're starting to worry. Now, the audience Jesus has you could say, had an excuse, so to speak, to worry, because they lived a very, very poor lifestyle. The, the average folks in, in that community didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of stuff. Many of them didn't know where tomorrow's dinner was coming from. They had to work in the fields and hope to get paid, and it was a, a tough existence. So if anybody had a right to, quote, worry about their food and clothes, it was these guys but even to these guys, Jesus is saying, no, no, that is not God's best for you. Worry is not the answer. So he's going to help them and today, hopefully us, a lot with this subject. Let's go on. <clears throat> Jesus said, life is more important than food, and the body is more important than what you put on it. 
Worry can distract us from what is really important in life. Jesus is saying, if you're just so focused on food and clothes, you're missing it because life is more important than that. It can take us down the same road, the people we saw here, that you're just obsessed and distracted from life. I mean, just think, they, they got all worried and upset and didn't have a good conversation at the table because they were distracted with worry. Now, I was personally reminded that God is bigger than my worries. I had a wonderful experience a couple weeks ago. We got to have a family reunion in California. And so all my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, everybody met there. And we had a little house near Yosemite National Park in California. And I want to share a couple pictures with you. First off, here's me. Even though I'm smiling, I'm really dying because I've hiked about two miles down this trail to get to this waterfall, but it was just so beautiful. You notice that it's not just trickling down. It's like this coming out all over Yosemite National Park right now because they had record snowfall in the winter. The snow melt is just making everything crazy. There are literally gushing waterfalls all over the park. People from all over the world are coming. It's super crowded, but it's unbelievably beautiful. And so that was the day we, we hiked down to that waterfall. Now look at the next one here. This is my family, some of them with, uh, on a bridge. And behind us, you see the White River going up to that waterfall, one of many that were in the National Park. And we were just having such a great, great time. And then finally, one, me and the wife, got to have one of the wife, right? There we are. And right between our heads there is the famous Half Dome Mountain. You might recognize that at Yosemite National Park. So we had a super time. And it was really interesting for me personally because for a few days there in the park, I just felt kind of like I was in church worshiping all day. It was so beautiful, and it was just screaming how big God is and how great God is. And I felt like God just spoke to me. Ed, remember, remember how great I am. Remember how powerful I am. I, I formed this valley with a finger. I spoke a word, and all this beauty you see was created. And so really, that really spoke to my heart about trusting God and resisting worry like we're talking about today. So just in the same way that being in Yosemite really brought life to me and refreshed me, Jesus now is going to talk to these guys using examples from nature to help them understand a little better. Let's look at what he says. Look at the birds. They don't plant, harvest, or save food in houses or barns, but God feeds them. And you are worth much more than crows. Worrying can make us forget how treasured we are to God. If, if I'm just caught up in worry, I could forget that God cares. And that he's going to take care of me. And I, I love how Jesus contrasts. Look at the birds. They don't do anything but find food. But God takes care of them. He feeds them. And you're so much more valuable than that. Look at the next thing he says. None of you could add any time to your life by worrying about it. And if you can't do the little things, why worry about the big things? He said, you can't do the smallest thing of adding one second to your life. You, you know you can't do that little thing. So then why are you worrying about the big things? He's saying, you can be free. There's another way. So choosing not to worry is liberating. It's a freedom that God wants all of his kids to have that we walk not all the time focused on our needs and what we need and all that, but we have a freedom from worry. Now Jesus is going to give us another illustration from nature. Look what he says now. Think about the wild, how the wildflowers grow. They don't work or make clothes for themselves, but I tell you, 
that even Solomon, the great and rich king, was not dressed as beautifully as one of these flowers. If God makes what grows in the field so beautiful, what do you think he will do for you? That's just grass. One day it's alive, and the next day someone throws it into a fire. But God cares enough to make it beautiful. Surely he will do much more for you. Your faith is so small. So now he's kind of contrasting Look at the beauty of nature and how God created that and takes care of that and made it fantastically beautiful. He wants to do the same for you, but your faith is small right now. Well, here's the deal. God wants us to start believing. There's the faith. Start believing the truth that we are his most precious creation. If you don't believe that, God wants you to start believing it. He created the universe all the amazing things in the world and beautiful places like I got to visit. But most important to him is that he created you. And you are his most precious creation. You are what he thinks about. You are God's focus. And he wants you to believe that. He doesn't want your faith to be so little. You don't really believe God cares and loves you and will take care of you and help meet your needs. So Jesus helps them a little more. Let's read on. So... Don't always think about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about it. That's what all those people who don't know God are always thinking about. But your father knows that you need these things. What you should be thinking about is God's kingdom. Then he will give you all these other things you need. You know, folks who who don't yet have a relationship with God and don't have that connection where, where they can have his help in their lives and all that goes on in this wonderful life Jesus came to give us. People without that have a reason to worry because everything depends on them. And so it's understandable that in the world we live in, basically worry screams at us all the time. All these things in the world and advertising like this will help you not be worried, basically help you feel secure. But that's people without God yet in their life. For those who do have him, we can live at a different place. Jesus used that phrase, the kingdom of God. Let's talk about that a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I say the word kingdom, think for a second. What comes to your mind? What's the mental picture you get? You know, you might be like me. I, I, I love fantasy and fiction reading just for fun. So I think of King Arthur, and the Knights of the Round Table, and Sir Lancelot, and Guinevere, and all that stuff. You know, you, you might kind of think that way about a kingdom. Well, God's kingdom is sort of like that, but better. His kingdom is, yes, he's the king. We are his family, his subjects in the kingdom, but we're happy to be there. He's not ruling us with an iron fist or anything like a king might. He's actually saying, hey, I want you on board in what really counts, what really matters. My will on planet earth, helping people come into my family. His kingdom, his purpose. When we live there, it's a whole another plane from just... What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where am I going to go on vacation? All those things are fine, but this level is where God's created us to live with him in his kingdom. So if you've said yes to Jesus and you have a relationship with him, you're in the kingdom of God. And God wants you to understand that you're important in his kingdom. And having that mentality makes a huge difference in your life. You might be here, though, today thinking, you know, I'm not sure about the kingdom of God and if I'm really in or whatever. I'm just kind of here, kind of trying to learn a little bit. You know, maybe it's your first time to church in a long time. We want to say to you, thanks for coming. We're so glad you're here, and we're just so encouraged that you've chosen to join us this morning. We want to encourage you, keep coming, keep 
asking, just ask God to, to speak to you. Now, you might be here, and God's been working in your life, and he's been putting faith in your heart to believe. You know what? I realize I do believe. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe I can have a relationship with God. And you could be ready to pray. You could be ready to simply begin that life with God. And it'd be something like this. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my God. Be the boss of my life. I give you my life. Lord, I want to be best friends. Amen. That's all it takes. And you could have been praying right then with me. And if you were, we were excited about that. On that Connect card, there's a place to check. I started a real relationship with God. If you do that, we'd love to follow up with you and give you some info about this new life you've entered. Well, let's finish up now. Jesus has a little more. Look what he says next. Don't fear, little flock. So now he's taking worry to its most basic component. He's saying, basically, you're being afraid. Worry is in the mind, but it's a result of fear, you could say, kind of in your heart, where you're having this emotion of fear because your mind's going all around and around and around. So Jesus is, is making that clear for us today. It's about fear and fighting fear. And you said earlier, you have little faith. There it is, faith and fear. As we grow in faith, we fight this fear and worry. Look what else he says. Your father wants to share his kingdom with you. Sell the things you have and give that money to those who need it. This is the only way you can keep your riches from being lost. You will be storing treasure in heaven that lasts forever. Thieves can't steal that treasure, and moths can't destroy it. So now he's, he's going back to his basic theme of you have legitimate needs. You need food. You need clothes. You need stuff. But when you live on this level, this kingdom of God level, where you're not worried about all this stuff, you realize, you know what? Many times I've got plenty and I could even help somebody else. And so he's saying, you can't have security in the world. All your stuff's going to be safe or whatever. But you can have security, so to speak. You can have treasure in heaven. Sell something. Give it away. Help somebody else. So he's describing this great freedom that we can have. So the fundamental solution we see here is to seek God first. He says, God wants to share his kingdom with you. Seek him first. We uh, wrap up this section with a statement that uh, I wish me or Chad had come up with it. It's so good. But this is a classic statement that kind of wraps this whole thing up. Look at this with me. Pursue happiness, and you will get neither happiness nor God. Pursue God and get both. God, I love that. I love that. So it's, isn't it just so easy to get so focused on our stuff and our needs and our problems and worries and just that's all that's going on. We become real worry warts and we're obsessed with it. And we miss out on what God wants to do and, and that relationship we can have with him. Whereas if we seek him first, we'll have him and he's promised to take care of our needs. We want to go further now this morning. We, we've talked about worry and the solution to seek God first. Now we want to add some practical steps to that. All right, so you guys, we want you to take a look at the next steps, the things that you can apply to your life to help you get rid of worry. And I know some of you may even be looking at that, these lines when you get a handout, and you're like, I'm worried that I might not get to fill one in because I, I, need, I need all the... So here, we try to make sure we say all this stuff. Um, if while I'm gone, Ed doesn't, just come up after the service and out, dude, you missed a blank. I need this blank. Help so don't worry. You're going to get all your blanks filled. Right now, we're going to fill the last two blanks on your, in your handout. The first one is this. To begin to get rid of worry, to apply to your life, you pray through your worries. 
I'll tell you what I mean by that, and it, we're actually going to use the Bible to do it. In Philippians chapter 4, it lines it out perfectly. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Uh, it's, a lot of times, God's answers to things are very simple. This one is easy. Talk to God. When you've got things that, are, that you realize you're starting to worry and you're starting to let that spiral happen and you can't sleep because you have anxiety or you, you know, you're just so consumed and the center of your life is worrying about what's happening, then it's time to stop and say, hold on, this is not the way I'm supposed to be living. This is not what life is about and say, God, okay, I need your help. I mean, th- this is going on. I need some help. And you know what? Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you. I, I believe you can take care of it all and say, God, I need to talk about this. T- take the time. And-, and if we keep reading here in this, the very next verse in this passage of scripture, you get the result of praying through it, to, you know, praying through your worry. And it's this. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So if you are a person that has been experiencing a whole lot of worry, a whole lot of anxiety, we're, we're, we're trying to help you to get that out of the center of your life. And, and once you move it off from the center, then just keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. I, we, I believe you can actually live a life that you don't worry I'm not talking about concern. There's, there's, there's healthy concerns for things, but the, as Ed said at the beginning, worry is when you focus on that and nothing else matters. It just kind of spirals you like the people in our video. Um, you don't have to live like that. And this, the first step is, God, I need, I need some help. I need to talk to you about what's, what's going on. The second thing is this, that last blank is, lead your heart to the right place. Ed talked about uh, the first thing we need to do is seek God first, to go after what God wants first, to put him in God's kingdom, you know, all the things he has for us, make that first and, and make that your focus so that then all the other stuff falls in line. Well, here's how you do that because I think that sometimes, I've said this before, I sure would like, God, I, I would, I don't know how to get my heart there. You know, I mean, I want to want to love God more. Does that make sense? I want to want to be a better person, but I just really don't. I think, yeah, or whatever it is, but I want to. How do I get it? How do I get it to where my heart is actually putting God first? And here's what you do. You lead your heart there. You have control of, of your, your heart. And uh, Jesus actually says it. At the end of Luke, or the, the piece of the scripture we're reading in Luke, Jesus makes this statement. Your heart will be where your treasure is. It's going to be where your treasure is. Now, I'll just be, let's just be honest. There's two things that most everybody, uh, especially in the U.S., but most everybody has as treasure. Two things. One, your time. The second is your money. And it could be reversed. It could be your money and your time. Whatever. It's usually those two things are at the top of the list when, it, when we think about things that we treasure. So if I want my heart to go and look for God first, then it makes sense to lead it there by putting my time and my treasure there. And you might, what are you talking about? Let me give you an example. I need y'all to uh, pretend to daydream with me for just a minute. So let's pretend that you're in your garage. And if you don't have one, just pretend that you've built one. (laughs) And you have this nice gigantic garage. And 
pretend with me for a minute that you have decided that you want to have the best, biggest, most accurate, most you know, precisely scaled um, lo, um, model train city set in your garage. Like the entire city would love to come and, and you charge admission for them to come see this and play with your trains, right? So just pretend with me that that's what you're doing. Well, once you, once you say, I'm going to do that, what's, what, what happens next? You start to think about, okay, how am I going to do it? Well, I'm going to buy the stuff. I'm going to build the little city, and I've got to lay the track. And you start uh, going and searching for all of the, the stuff that you're going to need. Make sure you've got the, the, the right electricity run because those trains are going to take up a lot. And, you, you know, you find yourself on Amazon, not in the Amazon, but on Amazon, and, and you find yourself, find, okay, I don't really know much about model trains, but you find the, this super-duper train engine, it, it blow, it, like you actually put little logs in it, and steam comes out, you know, and, <laughs> and you're like, that's the one I want. So you find it on Amazon, and you click, you've got Amazon Prime, so you're like, boom, it's going to be here in two days. Well, once you've invested all of you, you've invested this time, you've invested money, you've in, invested your, um, just your, your, your process, your energy in this and you, you're waiting for this engine, it's like the last piece, right, to show up, what do you do? Do you like, okay, it'll be here in two days, and you don't think about it again? Nope. Most, and me being one, I would be one of these people for sure, I'm watching that tracking. <laughs> I, I'm clicking that tracking number, it's either UPS or FedEx, and I'm cl- clicking it and saying, I want to know where this, where's my package? Where is it? I pay, I'm, I'm on Amazon Prime, okay? I, it's t- two days, it's supposed to be here, and uh, it's, in, it's uh, in transit, okay, great. And then, you know, what time is it supposed to be delivered? It's, you know, delivered, you know, Tuesday by the end of the day, whatever it says. And so I'm watching that, and I'm paying attention to it. My, my heart is there, because I have invested time and money and energy in this. And so then, I'm, not only that, not only am I doing that, but I, you, know, you have cameras. If you have cameras, if you, especially if you've got the little doorbell camera or one you know, outside, you're like waiting for that little alert that says somebody walked up in your yard. And then you're, you're watching, oh, is it, is it the FedEx guy? Is it him? Is it him? Is it him? You're, and like, you're supposed to be working, but you hide and look at your phone and you know, take a look at it for a minute just to see if they, they got there. Why are you doing all that? Because you've invested, you have led your heart to this train set. You've led it. You put your time, you put your money, you put that energy in there, and you're like, this is important. You took your heart there. You can do the same thing with God. The same thing with going for God first. You say, okay, heart, this is where we're going. I'm going to put my time. You, you, I mean, you guys are doing it this morning. You're in, you, came, you came to church. So, I mean, that's a, y'all are on track for it right now. You put your time, you put your money, you put your energy. I, I, would, even, I would even say, hey, the first service didn't get this. You guys are special. You're getting this. I would say, you know, you get involved with things because your heart's going to follow. If you want your heart to go after the things that God has for you, lead it there. That's up to you. It's, it's not going to just magically happen. All right, and uh, I'm going to say this. I still got three minutes. I'm going to say this. If you are there, it is also possible for you to lead your heart away. Don't do that. Wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. Make your, make your treasure go towards God, the things that you treasure. Put, focus that on God first. Your heart will always stick there. 
If you've had trouble in the past sticking with God where you know that's in your, what, you know, what's right for you to be doing, it's because you're leading your heart somewhere else, not because somebody else took you there. All right. With all that being said, you, you can beat worry by leading your heart to God's kingdom. So now, I'm going to ask you one more time to daydream with me in a good way. What would your world look like if all those things that you worry about and the anxiety that it brings in your life, that you might be in here this morning and you've been prescribed like medicine because worry is so huge in your life. What would it be like if those things started to melt away? And you're like, oh. I mean, I can, I can say I'd be like, oh. you know, it's just a, you, you, you feel so much better. What would it be like, uh, you know, how, how would you feel how would it change your mood? Now, most likely, if you know the person sitting next to you and you're one of these people that worry a lot, the person next to you is like, oh, it would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome if they stopped worrying all the time. You know, you know, and you've already started taking your heart to God right now. Dear, dear Jesus, please, please help them. You, know, you, you, you see what worry does to people. It tears you apart. But how, how, how would it change your demeanor? might change it. How would it change the way you look in the mirror in the morning? How would it change your attitude? How would it change your relationships if worry was not at the center of your life? How, how would it? Uh, it? It would change massively, I think. And you can lead your heart to God. doesn't mean everything else changes. doesn't mean anything really changes except your focus. Now, what if, what if your stressed out family members kicked worry out of their life too. Would that make your life easier? Think it would. Think it would. You know, if they started, you know what, I'm getting rid of this. I'm going to focus on God first. I think it would help them for sure, and it would help you. What if your coworkers, the ones at work that drive you out of your mind all the time because they're so worried and they're always, you know, and they suck life out of you because of their anxiety and their worry that they just dump on you? What if they begin to put God first? What if they begin to see worry uh, like melt away off of their life? I think, it would, I think it would change. It could change society. Now, you know, you can't fix them. You can't actually fix your neighbor. You really can't even fix the other people that live in your house as much as you would like to. But you can say, I'm going to put God first. I, I, I'm going I, to do that. I'm going to make sure that I put my treasure in God. When you do that, your heart goes there. When your heart goes there, those things can start to melt away. I kind of feel like it's time to take Jesus' advice and start living a life with, with no worries. And you might say, yeah, that's, that's a long road. It might be. I'm not saying this is instantaneous, but I think it's time to go that way. While you sit there in your seat today, I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person in here. And God, I I just pray that you would help us in the places where we have anxiety, in the places where worry is so huge. Pray that you help us to lead our heart towards you. Pray that you help help us to put you first so these things begin to melt away. Pray that you give us wisdom in doing it. 
pray that you, 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 that you speak to our hearts and show us if we're not even, don't even realize that that's what's happening. Help us to see it. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much and that you have the answers for us today. Father, for, I, I want to even pray for those in here that um, it even goes, fur, it goes further. There's even folks that, that have been, uh, had, had, had to be prescribed medicines for this anxiety and things in their lives. Lord, if there's anything uh, chemically and anything in, the, in, their, in their brains, in their bodies that are, are not firing correctly, I pray you fix that so that there's no handicap in searching for you and, and pushing worry out of their lives. I pray that you touch people physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.